listening to a Rebel Media Podcast. A man who needs almost no introduction, you've seen him, on, seen him on Joe Rogan, Logan Paul, and with comedian Andrew Schultz. Most of all, you can watch him and listen on Infowars.com and Band.video. He is Alex Jones. Thank you for joining me, Alex. How are you today? Hey, great to be here. I'm really a big fan and admire the work you guys do. It's uh, really journalism, and you guys have fun at the same time, so that's amazing. I appreciate it. A big fan of yours as well. The first time I'm thinking back, the first time I saw you, it must have been the Bohemian Grove stuff. And what I wanted to ask you was, what do people tell you is the first time they were introduced to you, the first time they were exposed to your broadcasts or any of your videos? I think one of the most common is probably Bohemian Grove. That'll be 21 years ago, this July 15th coming up in a few months, I guess in about three months. When I infiltrated the Bohemian Grove, I didn't even believe they were going to be doing a ritual. Uh, I had been paid by World of Wonder Channel 4 in the UK uh, to sneak in. I wasn't just doing it for the money, but, but, but they had the passcodes. They had a map. They said for liability, they couldn't go in. And so they wanted me to go in uh, because I had uh, snuck in and exposed uh, some other corrupt things that had gone on with city government. I'd confronted the KKK. I had uh, snuck into some uh, military bases and shown gun confiscation drills going on. So they thought, okay, this is the guy to sneak in and do this. And so with the grace of God, I snuck in and got out. I didn't know till later, because uh, that was almost pre-internet back then. There was very little online about Bohemian Grove. But later, once a lot of archives got put on the web in just a couple of years, by you know, 2002 or so, most of the internet had then put all the old newspaper articles up and old TV pieces up. And it was CBS News and ABC News and CNN and the Wall Street Journal and People Magazine, folks being arrested over and over again and prosecuted for sneaking into the Bohemian Grove. So I didn't know when I snuck in that more than 20 people been arrested and prosecuted who tried to get in but never got out. So I was very, very blessed. I think a lot of people probably don't know, Alex, that you're on a ton of terrestrial radio and you have been for a long time. How many are you, are you on right now, by the way? Well, we don't put a list of them out or the left harasses them, but mm -hmm. it's over 200 AM and FM stations, over 100 cable and TV stations. And that sounds like a lot, but there's actually tens of thousands of TV stations and radio stations. Uh, but we're on 200 radio stations. Rush Limbaugh was on 700, and he was on all the big ones. I'm on a lot of small ones. Uh, and then we're on a lot of little cable systems, some bigger cable systems. Uh, we're on a lot of uh, TV stations. But, I mean, I'm on in, like, Illinois and Minnesota and Texas and California. I mean, a lot of places on some big cable systems. So yeah, when they tried to deplatform us and you know take away Facebook, take away Twitter, take away YouTube, Google, and over 60 other things, that hurt us. But because we were still on hundreds of radio stations and things, uh, you know, old-fashioned terrestrial, that all exploded even bigger. And a lot of stations took us from having us on at night when we were censored, you know, rebroadcast to putting us on live. Uh, so there was quite the Streisand effect of them trying to silence us. Yeah, I wanted to ask that because, of course, uh, the coast-to-coast -coast, uh, effect happens and then all these other places, they want to, to get you dropped from there. And I wanted to ask about the, your prediction of the social media bans because when this happened, it was around the 2016, um, you guys were really, election, I want to say, you guys were really hot. You were, you're the only ones predicting the stuff about Hillary Clinton. You had the video there. You and Paul Joseph Watson were on fire, I wanted to say. And then I wrote down in just like a quick text format on my laptop at the time. This is five years ago now. I wrote down Alex Jones predicts that he's gonna be banned off social media on this day. 
it came true, and it came true for a lot of the people you said it was going to. How did you predict that all that was going to happen? Because now Rebel News is uh, at risk of being deplatformed. YouTube's, uh, we feel like it's almost at our last days. How were you able to predict all this stuff? Well, again, I want to say I was able to predict it, but Klaus Schwab wrote a book about how they'd use a virus to take the world over. So I didn't predict it. I mean, it's like Mein Kampf. Hitler wrote a book about what he was going to do, so people knew what he was going to do. The world just didn't listen. Uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of like what Lenin and Stalin said they would do, and they actually did what they said. It was a nightmare. Uh, and so we have to really you know, listen to these people when they say it. But I remember a Wall Street Journal article that was subscription, uh, but there was a headline that linked me to it that was, hold on to your tinfoil hat, Alex Jones. You're about to be banned off YouTube. That was about six months before the election. And there was a big Wall Street Journal, 30-something page, corporate paper, because they were splitting News Corp at the time, selling half of it to Disney. And they said, hey, don't worry, shareholders. So this wasn't like consumer pop news. This was corporate news, uh, subscription to CEOs and people. They said, don't worry. And they had a bunch of neocons involved, a bunch of leftists. They said uh, in the article, we're going to ban Julian Assange and WikiLeaks and Alex Jones. And when the left and right don't defend them, then we're going to, in the next few years, basically ban everybody until the Internet is like a glorified Netflix and so we project our profits are going to be record level for liberal and conservative media once this happens. So this was a prospectus to shareholders right as those companies were splitting. So I read the whole report, uh, and, and so I knew. And so I was turning the heat up, and my, and, and my dad was still working with me some then. He's helped with accounting and stuff because I could trust him. And my dad came over to my house one Saturday morning. He goes, man, you are really... You know, with all this censorship starting and, and people getting threatened, you're really getting more aggressive. And I said, Dad, they're going to ban me first. I said, I might as well go down swinging. And I said, I would predict, you know, by the election or right after, they'll officially ban us. And then when they, when, when we're not defended, it'll set the precedent to take everybody else down, basically not just here, but worldwide. So it, it wasn't hard to extrapolate and connect the dots. Well, this was like a connect the dot five-year-olds get where <laughs> you can look at the connect the dot and say, that's a duck, that's a train, that's a horse, that's a cow. That's a bunny rabbit because, you know, the dots are a millimeter apart. Uh, so the, the, there really wasn't even dot connecting here. And so you could see where this corporate desire to have the only voice, government wants that, dying dinosaur media wants that, and corporations want that. And so you had the perfect storm of three groups coming together uh, to silence not just their opposition politically, but finally they can then muscle a PewDiePie that has 100 million views online last time I checked. And they've already kind of basically shadow banned him because he wouldn't fully sell out to them and, and wouldn't become their mouthpiece. I mean, he has more views than everybody on the Internet combined, basically. Uh, he's a, uh, 30 times the views I had. I had 5 billion on our own channel on YouTube and all total about 8 billion, you know, on YouTube that we could see on big channels. And so here's PewDiePie with 100 billion back at that time. Uh, and I'm sure it's a lot more than that. And, and so, so they told him, you better do what we say or we're going to take you over. So it, it's really about muscling and owning all the talent. This is a lot bigger than just Alex Jones. Have you heard about the internet cens censorship bill that's been put forth here in Canada, how they want to be able to regulate everyone? They haven't put a d definition as to how many followers or how much influence you have. I'm not sure how you would quantify that. But they've stated that if you have a certain level of influence or a certain level of following, they think it should be regula regulated. What's your opinion on that? Have you heard a lot about that yet? Oh, absolutely. Uh, what's it called? Article 10 or something? Uh, Bill C-10, I think. Yeah, yeah I, I was going off memory. Yes, I read that about a month ago, and I really need to make a bigger deal out of that because that's all UN stuff. Trudeau said 
he admires the dictatorship of Xi Jinping on video, as you know. Mm -hmm. uh, people ought to be horrified at that and said the women were just, looked like they were, you know, just having orgasms or something when he said it. It was so exciting to be around that real, <laughs> you, know, you know, that real Soviet level uh, or Maoist power. And yeah, they want to censor everybody. They've already banned church services. They've already, mm -hmm. uh, you know, d d done things like that. And so they want total control. This is all martial law training. The virus is the excuse for martial law. It's the excuse to say you're not essential and bankrupt you to put you on a universal income so that you, you can then be dictated to that you won't get your universal income unless you take the vaccine. And so this is all what Klaus Schwab and the Davos group, the Bilderberg group and the globalist uh, have cooked up. And, and, and yes, saying, you know, at first in the legislation, it was, oh, it's just for big telecoms. We need to get control of them. But they're never going to control them. They, you know, the, uh, most of the people in your high level government, ours as well, their wives or husbands are, are, are employed by one of the big six tech companies. And so, oh, bait and switch. It's for big tech to stop their monopoly, but then it turns into, uh, if you've got a thousand followers, we're gonna control what you do. I mean, they go to people's houses in Europe, medical doctors that put out something contrarian about COVID-19 from what the UN says, and they get shut down. The SWAT teams bust in while they're on air. And so everything you see in Spain and Germany and Australia, which are full-blown police states, is come to Canada and it's coming to the US and that's why people have to understand that any cessation of lockdowns is for a limited time before they bring an even stronger lockdown and train you to always believe there's light at the end of the tunnel. But when they finally lock it down for good, there'll never be life at the end of the tunnel. I want to stick with uh, de-platform a, li a little bit, Alex. Um, there's a huge online debate about uh, your episodes from Joe Rogan on Spotify. Are they on there? Are they being saved for something else? Uh, does it bother you? Have you gotten a clear explanation of this? Or does just Spotify just not willing to have episodes with you or Eddie Bravo or people like that? Probably not even Crowder. I'm not sure about that one. But I know there's a lot of them that are, they're not allowing to be on there. Have you heard concrete one way or the other on that? Yes, now I know in hindsight I've known for a couple months exactly what happened, and it's a long story. But I got a few minutes. You want me to tell you the story? Of course, there's a Alex. big online controversy. There's been hundreds of articles written about this, and, and no one knows exactly what happened. I didn't know what happened at the beginning. Joe didn't know, but now in hindsight, you know, Joe's studio is down the road. I'm good friends with Joe. We talk all the time. Uh, he moved to Austin here, you know, uh, just uh, mm -hmm. uh, last year. And, and so if you'd like, I can put the controversy to rest. Would you like to know? Of course, Alex. Come on. Okay, well, here's what happened. I guess it's about, I don't know, eight, nine months ago, Joe calls me and he says, hey, I'm sick of YouTube censoring me and I'm sick of all this crap. I'm doing a big deal with Spotify, but don't tell anybody. And I didn't, I didn't go buy stock in Spotify. I didn't tell anybody. Uh, and he said, I'm moving to Austin. I'm looking at houses right now and I'll be moved there in a few months. And I'm going to buy a comedy club. And, you know, none of that's a secret now. It's all happened. And, and, and I later told the story once he said I could start going public, you know, with the fact that he was moving to Spotify. As soon as that announcement was made, I, I said on air, I said, hey, Joe's doing that so he won't be censored. Well, then a couple hundred episodes out of uh, 4,000 or so with Gavin McGinnis, uh, yours truly, uh, and Milo Yiannopoulos and others got, got taken down. And episodes where Joe was talking about they shouldn't target children, you know, and try to make them, you know, confuse them when they're five years old uh, in, into gender dysphoria, they wanted those episodes where Joe was just talking uh, taken down, and it turned out there was a cohort, uh, a large percentage of the managerial staff at the New York-based part of Spotify. The rest of it, the technicals in Sweden, but the sales and marketing and, 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 and that stuff is in New York City. 
And it turns out that something like half the people in the management are transgendered, uh, formerly males. Uh, and so just any talk of that is just absolutely not allowed. Uh, and so That's they Spotify, wanted... Spotify, you're saying, right? The staff there? This is Spotify, yes, yes. So there was a rebellion within Spotify. They wanted to have Joe kicked off completely. And so they tried to hold the place hostage. That didn't work. Then when when uh, the, the episodes were transferred over, th this, uh, they told it was, uh, the management it was an accident. And so Joe said, I don't really believe it, but that's what they're telling me. We'll see what happens. They claim they're going to transfer him over. So I go on air and I say, hey, Joe says it's a technical difficulty. Those are going to get transferred over. And then they're not transferred over. And Joe goes, oh, whoa, okay, this is an issue. And then Joe says, I'm going to have you on to prove once and for all to these people I can do what I want. And, uh, you know, I know you really know what you talk about. So when they fact check you, it, it'll turn out you're right. That'll blow up in their face. Well, I didn't know how hard he was going to fact check me. Every damn thing I said, it turned <laughs> out it was all mainstream news, all yeah. confirmed. And that totally blew him away. And then Joe said, okay, you said I could have my own show here. If you don't control these people, you want to buy my contract out, that's fine. But Alex Jones, everything he said, I literally was on his ass. And, and so you can't take that down. So that episode, five, whatever it is, uh, 5,000 something, that is up there. But yes, the others aren't. So then Joe came out himself and told the story I just told about how at first they said it was an accident, but then it wasn't. There was a rebellion inside Spotify. He stood up to them, basically said, if you don't like it, I can leave, pay my contract. They basically told their employees, knock it off, it's free speech. Plus what Alex Jones said was documented, and so leave it alone. Joe goes on air and tells that whole story and goes, yeah, it was censored, those are censored, but I'm glad that they're still left on YouTube. They're bigger there, so I made a compromise later. People go, oh, Joe Rogan lied to us. He said that, uh, you know, that that they were going to be transferred. It was a mistake. And then later he admitted it was uh, censorship. No, he was explaining that he first is moving over there. He's not even there yet. And they're wanting him taken off. They're not even wanting him to have a show, some of these mutineers. Then he gets there. It's not transferred over. First, when they published my interview, it got pulled down for a few hours. And Joe flipped out. And then they went, oh, accident. It went back up. So... <laughs> This is a bunch of woke employees doing whatever they want. Joe's doing comedy five nights a week. Joe works all the time. Joe's building a comedy club in Austin. He wasn't paying attention. Once it all came out, he went on air and annihilated those, those people, exposed what they did, and then it told people that indeed they were right. It was being censored. But the deal he got them to do, because he wanted to leave his whole catalog on YouTube. He thought just put ads all over his catalog uh, old catalog that would send more people over to Spotify, which has been proven to be right. So he used the fact when they did that to say, fine, when I move over there December 1st, 2020, we're going to leave those interviews up, which they've even grown and gotten bigger. So he used a judo move on them uh, to basically be able to then keep those episodes he wanted over there uh, instead. And so in a way, their attempted censorship blew up in their face because then Joe was able to keep part of his catalog up there on the site uh, when before they weren't going to do that. And so that was really exciting. Wow, that's a lot, uh, that's a lot of breaking news, I feel like, Alex. Thank you. Um, when you and Joe are, are hanging out, I imagine the interactions are more frequent now that, now that he lives in your state. What are you guys doing when you're hanging out when you're not on air? Can we get some of that, one of those stories of what you and Joe Rogan are up to when you're not uh, recording? Well, Joe works so much that I've 
since he moved to Austin, I, I think we've only we talked on the phone like every other day, but I think we've only hung out. Uh, well, I guess we had dinner. Yeah, we've had dinner like three times, and then he's been over to my studio and did like a three-hour interview, uh, and then we've hung out a few other times. I was in his studio, but that's about it. I mean, Joe is works as hard as anybody I know, and he's about five years older than me, so uh, we'll go to a steakhouse, and uh, we'll have like a two-and-a-half-hour dinner, and there's usually some other – there's usually scientists there <laughs> uh, and or comedians, so he'll kind of have a dinner with comedians. He'll invite me to that. Or he'll have a dinner with scientists, and then I'm there with scientists, and that's what he pretty much does. Is he'll on his off nights, maybe twice a week, he'll uh, take his daughters out to dinner or out to do an event or you know do something, and his wife, and then about one day a week he'll take, uh, you know, he'll go out to dinner with like Elon Musk or he'll go out to dinner with, uh, you know, other scientists mainly, from from like top virologists, top uh, top. I mean, I, I mean, I went to dinner, I'm not going to say who, but like a top AI expert. We went to dinner with an AI expert. And then Joe just sits there with really interesting people and we'll eat a big old tomahawk, a 35-ounce, 40-ounce steak. And then uh, and then, then that's basically it. When you guys were doing that that big podcast where all, all the memes were taken from, all the clips where you and Eddie Bravo and, uh, and all that was happening, it almost sounded like Joe wanted to take you out on tour with him was there ever any discussion about alex jones should come out and and be part of a comedy tour or a bunch of shows this is pre yes pre joe, joe yes yes joe wants me to do comedy i I'd, I'd love to do it um that there's such a censorship thing going on that all the big venues that he would be at um twice joe has had me coming to be at his event to be on stage with him in austin alone and both times, and these are the two biggest comedy clubs, um, they said, no Alex Jones is allowed here because <laughs> he's going to attack people and say attack people on air, which I never do. It's all media lies. They take a few things I've said over 27 years out of context and say we're not going to allow him to yell fire in a theater or attack people at this place. And these leftists that own these big comedy clubs, they even tell Joe Rogan, who's you know in comedy you know, right below James Chappelle. I mean, he's in the top... You know, mm -hmm. I mean, he packs 20,000 person arenas. He's on tour with Dave Chappelle around the country. I think I was just thinking about going to see him in Vegas, uh, you know, coming up here in a, in a few months. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Vegas, but I like comedy shows there that, you know, they have to do, know how to do it. Go hang out with Joe in Vegas. You know, you act about hanging out with Joe. I've known Joe since 1998. I've hung out with him since 99, and I have partied hard <laughs> with Joe Rogan in Vegas, in Dallas, in L.A., and and, and all over. So I, uh, I, I've, I've known Joe for a long, long time. He's a great guy because I'm not into celebrities. You know, I don't care about Brad Pitt. I don't care about all that kind of crap because I've actually been at parties with those folks before, and they're just boring. I, I don't care about, you know, Sean Penn or any of it's, it's all a big joke or Josh Brolin or any of these guys that like got to stick up their ass. But but Joe Rogan, I always thought he was cool. And, you know, uh, and, and, and and so getting to really know him and hang out a lot with him uh, for, for 20 plus years has been really fun. He used to take me to UFC events uh, and, you know, take me to UFC championships behind the scenes. 
you know, hang out with him for three days while they're doing the build-up shoots, you know, and all the big trailers outside with ESPN and, you know, Dana White and all the rest of it. They're just all Dana White super cool. Met him a few times. Uh, but since you're, you know, off of the Joe Rogan jag, uh, uh, you know, Joe worked a lot 20 years ago, but he really works now. I mean, he's a machine. Works out for like two hours every day, so that's what's going on with Joe Rogan. And as for me, I'm just now getting back into working out. I've uh, The last podcast, I had a cracked tooth that was hurt the day before. I was going to get pulled, but I didn't want to do it. And then it was incredibly painful when I was on with Joe here in Austin, but it, it still turned out okay. I have this imagination land here, Alex, where Alex Jones, is he goes up with Joe Rogan. I see no reason why you couldn't be on the mainstream talk shows. I mean, I get that on the surface, that seems like an insane idea. But even if they disagree with you, there's this world in my head that where that could exist, where Alex Jones is on uh, on, the, on Jimmy Fallon or something like that. Would that be something that you oh, would sure. even do? Oh, sure. I mean, the highest ratings, I'm, I'm not trying to brag about myself. Freedom and edgy stuff is popular. People always want whatever's outlaw and, and, and whatever's suppressed. But before I got banned, like you said, the week of the election, uh, 2016, we had 20, excuse me, yeah, yeah 2016. We had 86 million individual IP addresses of real visitors to Infowars.com on our streams and our videos, not counting the radio stations, the rest of it are videos copied to YouTube or Facebook. It was super viral. We were the biggest political thing ever, uh, you know, as big as Trump was at that point, and that's when they shut it all down and tried to, but, but now it's like lava under a volcano. It's just been it's just been building up. I mean, I did the biggest Piers Morgan ratings he ever had when, when I was on with him. That was even in USA Today uh, that year. They looked at all the ratings, so that was the highest uh, rated cable event on cable news that year, not just for Piers Morgan. Um, and, and so, yeah, anything I do ends up having giant views, giant ratings. And so it's like, oh, people can't have that. They can't just have somebody mm-hmm. shooting from the hip, telling it like it is. You know, they just can't have that. And so, yeah, now it's like weird. I'm like suppressed, but then it makes it kind of, trickle out and people even want it more. So I think I get more than my due of, of, of people thinking I'm, you know, a good guy. I mean, I am a good guy. I do tell the truth. I make mistakes sometimes, but uh, I don't ever want what I really do to get overshadowed by by hype. And I think only their deplatforming me has, because uh, I'll even say some stupid stuff when I'm on a show and I don't even mean it as a joke. And then people listen to it and then like, it's Nostradamus. They like turn it into something really, oh God, you get the deepness of that. And no, the truth <laughs> was I was drunk and you know had a huge toothache, but but it's 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 pretty crazy. I want to transition now, perfect segue, Alex. I want to transition to crypto. Um, I just got into the game, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, everybody's selling their coin this, that way, and the other. You've got MP4s that are crypto. You've got uh, video games that are giving cryptos a prize. Is this a real boom, do you think? Is this going to replace a traditional currency, or is it just like sort of like another form of gambling? Because when I'm on this app, it feels the same way as when I bet on a UFC fight. Well, the guy that first told me about it, Max Kaiser, invented the Hollywood Stock Exchange, but then that got blown up on 9-11 in the World Trade Center, so that project got killed. And he told me when I was covering Bilderberg 10, 11 years ago in, in um, England, north of London, at our hotel next door, he was trying for like an hour to get a wallet set up on the laptop that my uh, assistant had. I remember he getting real pissed. He goes, listen, this is going to end up being the world reserve currency in a decade or so. I'm trying to give you 10,000 Bitcoin, dumbass. And I want you to give it away to your audience. So you can keep 1,000 of them. And Max, who I had on all the time, got so pissed at me 
couple days after, he just said, you're an effing idiot and stomped off away from me, which I wish he would have punched me in the nose <laughs> because he was right about it. And so because I knew it was gambling of a type and because I, especially once all the new cryptos got launched and it got all confusing and there's all sorts of scammers involved, I never got into it. But when I saw the big banks accept it and then Tesla at a certain level, now he's jumping out of it for carbon tax reasons. I just said, look, don't ever put more in it than you can lose. It's pure speculation, but it is good to have alternate currency systems. Uh, I like the NFTs where they're creating a piece of art, physical or digital, mm -hmm. that's then connected to a currency. I like making art a currency, ideas a currency. So <clears throat> it's revolutionary to the 108-year-old uh, out-of-control private Federal Reserve. It's revolutionary can, you know, to the Bank of England. And, and, and so we've gone from tally sticks and seashells to fractional reserve banking to this. And so, yeah, I, I think I just kind of stayed out of it because I didn't want to engr engross myself in understanding it. Now I've made myself the last four or five years engross myself. Max Kaiser came here two years ago and he said, listen, it's going to double in the next couple of years. You haven't even, and of course it did more than triple. He goes, you need to get on now. And he, and he wasn't even trying to sell any Bitcoin to me. He was just telling me. And so even if it goes down 80%, I'm going to stay in. I haven't bought much, but I bought some. Just because you got to keep your finger and your toe in all these things uh, as long as they're legal. But I think it is gambling and an obsession if you go too far. But at least it's not corrupt Las Vegas where the odds are totally rigged against. You can get out when you want, get in when you want. At least it's not like guys that watch 50 hours of sports a week you know, trying to make money that way. Uh, so everything's a gamble. Asking that girl out, deciding to get married and have children, uh, you know, uh, deciding to go here instead of there, decide to interview this person instead of that person. Everything's a gamble. And anybody that tries to control all the risk in their life ends up being a prisoner of their own fears. I want to mention, uh, we're, we're mentioning the banks of, of the United States, the, the Reserve and everything. Joe Biden and the economy is not looking good right now. To to cert, we're we're reeling it back to uh, to traditional politics. The here. circle back. <laughs> exactly the circle back. I'll get back to you on that in six to eight weeks, Alex. Um, I want to yes. ask you what you think is the end game here for Biden in terms of do they have any sort of plan? There's the gas shortage. Oh, all of a sudden we need the pipeline back. Uh, the border is extremely porous. All of a sudden we need to to build the wall again. Are we just going to have Biden coming back to where Trump was leaving off, or is there some sort of hidden, whether it's for better or for worse, is there some sort of plan here that the Biden administration is going to administer over time? We're, what, three months in? Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, look, 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 look. You, you hear articles like, he's increasing the cap of refugees to 68,000. <laughs> yeah. I've been to the border. I've seen the actual border patrol numbers. It's 200,000 a month. They're not following refugee caps. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, this whole thing is all just completely uh, and absolutely illegal. And then, yeah, oh, this pipeline got cut off, so now we need the Keystone Pipeline. They want a cut of it. They want to control it. When you hear carbon taxes, they don't want to get rid of gasoline. They just want us to pay a big portion of it to big banks and, and, and add an energy tax into it. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, they're collapsing the third world, but they want a border there so they can select who they let in and who they don't. And right now they want dependent mothers with children who can be brought in and brainwashed into leftist voters. And so... Uh, yeah, what Trump did was very popular, very common sense. Uh, and so Biden's taking some of what Trump did rhetoric-wise to get the middle class not to wake up and totally vote Democrats out while he stealthily uh, implements the whole globalist agenda. 
Now, I want to uh, a ask you a bit more about uh, the, the uh, lockdowns and what's going on with that. We see a bunch of different states having different implementations. There's mask mandates here. Up here in Canada, it seems like we're pretending the entire rest of the world doesn't exist. We're in this little bubble here where we need to keep locking down. The other day, they warned of a fourth wave. Uh, they said if we behave for the next couple months, well, we're not going to get events, we're not going to get concerts, we might have a normal summer. Uh, is this just a situation, do you think, where pe they're going to go as far as people let them, or is there some sort of, uh, I don't know, roadmap that they're actually following? Oh, well, I mean, it came out eight months ago that that document out of the, the French province, I think it was uh, up in Montreal, and people said, is this a real document? Well, I just scanned quotes out of the document about how they were planning a second, third, and fourth lockdown. And I found it on the UN website. I found it uh, in Germany. I found it in Australia. I found it in the UK. That was really their plan. It's all in Klaus Schwab's um, COVID-19, the Great Reset. And so, yes, in Australia, in the UK, in um, Canada, that are all say they're independent, but I mean, really, they're all British Commonwealths still. Mm -hmm. They want lockdown. They want to bankrupt the small businesses. They want to vertically integrate into the big box stores and the big mega banks uh, that have the money and the power to stay open through this artificial depression. This is an artificial depression. Uh, the big tech, big banks, the big box stores have doubled or tripled their profits while half the businesses in the Western world have gone out of business and will never reopen. And so we're being taught, oh, you're not essential with your mom and pop grocery store, but the big grocery store is essential. Uh, and so this is the essence of slavery where these powerful organizations and the bureaucracy that has a hunger to enforce these powers uh, now gets to go after the general public that's law-abiding they never had uh, any jurisdiction over. Uh, and so whatever Thomas Jefferson was once asked, what level of tyranny will tyrants take us to? And he said, my dear sir, to whatever level you allow them, that is the limit. The limit is what we put up with. There, Because even if this politician isn't that bad, if we just roll over like sheep, there'll be a new avarice-filled group that'll pay to put their guy in to go after you. So you create a vacuum of subserviency. You create a vacuum of submission. You create a vacuum of, of sheepish behavior. And as Benjamin Franklin said, a nation of sheep will be ruled by wolves. Uh, and so Canadians, I'm sure will kick your ass in a hockey game. And if you start <laughs> a fight with a Canadian who's a nice guy, I, they can fight. They're, they're not wimps. But they've been taught that it's civilized and nice to do what you're told. And now you're being really abused by a multinational group of criminals with a black-faced uh, leader uh, who, who, who says, what type of government do you admire most? China's basic dictatorship. He also How they said get the, things uh, done. He also said the vaccine passport is for our own safety. Alex, I'm sure you know as well as I do that a lot of people are disappointed with um, the way Republicans and conservative leadership and government has acted under these lockdowns. I feel like there's been so much low-hanging fruit for them to jump on and get way more voters and get more grassroots support, but that doesn't seem to be happening at all. Do you th who do you think is going to be the front-runner for Republican candidacy uh, in the next election? Do you have any inklings at all? Well, I like how Rand Paul is coming out because Fauci did fund gain-of-function at Wuhan. It's in all the documents. The receipts have been published. Uh, there was major controversy in, in major newspapers, major scientific uh, groups wrote about it in New Scientist, you name it, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Fauci and uh, Obama running gain of function. When the whistle got blown, they moved it to Wuhan. He just told Congress, 
uh, last week or this week that they never did that. And so I like Senator Paul saying, hey, Fauci was behind cooking this up. Did he release it on purpose? You know, I mean, I, I like going that direction. We need Nuremberg too, in my view, because uh, these guys it was all a power grab in my view. It was all, you know, uh, basically engineered. And then I like DeSantis, uh, you know, saying that we're going to sue the government for the lockdown and what they did, saying people were not essential, but leaving open the big box stores. I think DeSantis is a leader. Um, I, I, everybody that Trump backs uh, is still, uh, you know, you know, winning in these runoff races. Uh, you got a lot of evidence, uh, you know, showing that there was hanky-panky in the election coming out in Arizona right now. Uh, and so... I think the populist movement worldwide is stronger than ever. The globalists have launched the 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 the, 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 the lockdown, the Great Reset. They say, uh, John Kerry said the Great Reset is to counter populist in Europe, Brazil, and America. And when he says America, he means Canada as well. So if you're just busy living on subsistence check from the government and, and almost starving to death, you're not going to care if you're being surveilled or censored, uh, they think. So th I think they've gambled wrong. I think they've summoned the sleeping giant, but we're witnessing corporate world government martial law where only the UN official view of COVID-19 is orthodoxy, and only that can be said, and medical doctors or scientists that question said orthodoxy are censored, and then even they even try to censor criticizing the censorship, even if you don't say the abominations. They don't, you don't even question the abominations that violate UN canon law on what we've been told about COVID-19 where, you know, two and a half million Americans will be dead. Didn't happen. Or, uh, you know, only 15-day shutdown to, 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 to cut the curve. All of it was, a, or, or, oh, the vaccine's 100%. Now that, you know, eight of the Yankees have COVID-19 after taking it. I mean, everything they told us is basically upside down land. Yeah, and our own premier here, uh, Doug Ford, took the vaccine that's been now taken off the market. He still says that he would take it without a second hesitation for the second dose. They're mixing and matching uh, different vaccines, which has been shown in an article, mainstream media article, that has three times as many side effects. But I digress on that. Oh, with, oh, oh. I yeah. mean, remember, remember Doug Ford, and, and of course, remember his wonderful brother. I mean, that's the type of people that the system picks here. Having that weird press conference where the police will ask you where you're going if you go out, that's how London is. That's martial law. And then he backed off once people got mad. Mm -hmm. That's the answer. People need to stop submitting. The limit of tyranny you'll live under is the limit that you put up with. With all the censoring, even in social media messages, you can't send links to other people. And of course, the blatant hypocrisy that is existing on all these things. You guys have always been ahead of the curve, I've thought. You have your own native video player. You run off your own ads and everything, uh, different servers and everybody else. What do you think is going to be the next uh, you know, popular form of getting news out to people? Because I see people a lot of the time they're a reporter and they're a host on shows. They're a videographer, and we have a lot of them here. Videographer, editor, camera person. What do you think is the next form where people are going to say, hey, this is where we need to target um, our media to get out to people? Well, so many talk show hosts I knew in the past were always in competition with everybody else. I think the more reporters, the more writers, the more researchers, I think anybody with a camera, anybody with a laptop is just as important as I am or as Matt Drudge is or as Saki is, you know, up there at the White House press briefings. In fact, they're more important because there's more of you and you're on the ground and you're going to show us <clears throat> that truth blazoned with the photos of the video you shoot. So I think you got Big Brother surveilling us to control us and enslave us. We need to have the people show reality 
so they're unable to distort it as much. And so, absolutely, I think everybody should just get out there and go to their city council and speak out, but also interview people. I think everybody should, uh, you know, be a reporter, but also be an activist and stand up for a pro-human future. Stand up for transparency and justice. It's not right-wing, it's not left-wing. Stand up for human civilization. Stand up for justice. Stand up for classical values that were the avant-garde. A thousand years ago, nobody had freedom. 800 years ago, we had the Magna Carta. Out of that, out of uh, the British common law and Judaic common law, we got the modern basic tenets of due process and freedom, and we need to protect all of, of, of that common law we need to defend that common law. We need to promote that common law because it's the Renaissance. It's the written word. It's all that came out of Europe and the Renaissance of 500 years ago that really started with, with, with Magna Carta and, and, and with the reformation of the Catholic Church. We need a reformation of government, a reformation of the system. We need to recognize that the left can admit that they are the Jacobins of the French Revolution that George Washington warned of. Our revolution wasn't like that. Theirs was bloody and wanted power and wanted to set themselves up as kings, not get rid of the kings. Uh, and so we face the Jacobins. That's who the communists are. That's who the globalists are. That's who they are. And that's why the freedom lives at band.video. That link is banned on Twitter and many other places. So the link that's working right now to share all the videos is bandthis.tv, bandthis.tv. And of course, the vaunted, dreaded, Infowars.com and Newswars.com, <laughs> and uh, we're there, and we love the work that that uh, Rebel Media is doing, and we love the fact that uh, you are just exposing the abject tyranny taking place, not just in your country, but as far away as Australia. Well, they're even demonizing those people now. I, I don't know if you saw the article from the Intercept the other day, calling them the Riot Squad. They're demonizing people like Elijah Schaefer, Jorge Ventura, who are literally just going and exposing Antifa riots, and now they're dubbing them as some sort of a fringe alt-right movement or something. To, so now even just going and pointing a camera at Antifa riots in Portland and Seattle, or BLM riots, is now some sort of fringe That's right. Now we've got it. Well, Savannah Hernandez used to work here. And as soon as she went to work for Elijah Schaefer, doing a great job, both of them, uh, they banned her off Twitter. And she didn't even talk. She would just show them. She's a, a beautiful Hispanic Asian uh, woman. Uh, and, and, and the Antifa beat her up in Austin. And that's when they took her off Twitter because they couldn't show Antifa beating a woman up who did nothing. And so exactly, they are silencing, they are censoring everyone that just shows their communist takeover. Alex, my last question to you was, I want to know how I get on the Alex Jones text messaging list to be friends and get your hot takes on everything. Well, brother, I'm going to give you my phone number when this great interview is over. But really, my crew tried to get me a couple of years ago to get folks to sign up for that free text system. Mm -hmm. That's one of the final places to get around censors. And they're now even saying that Facebook on its WhatsApp app or whatever it's called is going to be trying to censor people inside their text messages and CNN's been calling for that. In fact, it's already being done in Brazil in places. Facebook is going in and censoring in Brazil and Eastern Europe. So again, there's no level to this. It's like them breaking in on your phone line and saying, hey, you can't tell your mother what you just said. <laughs> uh, it's like when you, talk, you try to text people F you or whatever, it'll say duck you. That's the level of pre-programmed AI censorship, and it's got to be stopped. We've got to stop complying with the censorship, stop self-censoring. That's the way to break the back of this thing. All right, Alex Jones, I appreciate you. I'll always be welcoming you on my program. I'd love to come on your show as well. Any final words for our viewers here in Canada? 
No, I just love uh, Rebel Media, and I want to get you and Ezra Levant and all your great crew on because you guys are an example for all independent media. You do an amazing job. God bless, my friend. All right, thank you. Band.video and Infowars.com, you guys.